0: Blob Talk Radio. Hello,
1: Nat Sound. This is Federal Baseball's Mr. Jackpot himself, Patrick Reddington. I've got Doghouse and Federal Baseball on the line. Doghouse, wake up. Doghouse, it's time for the show. What? What? Oh, sorry. It's time for sorry. the show. I thought the game was still on. <laughs> Hold on a second. I got something for you. This will This will make it all seem authentic. Can you hear that? <laughs> all yeah, right. Like I'm in the Welcome. Park. <laughs> Welcome to Match Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com, where the Nationals drop a 10 I can't take the drums anymore. I've been listening to them all day in my head. <laughs> 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 oh, sweet relief. 10-4 to loss today to the Oakland A's. Stop the four-game winning streak. We'll start with Joe Ross on the mound. Eight-innings pitch, one earned run, his first time back from Triple-A. Four innings pitched, twelve hits, five runs in four innings. The second time, seven runs in two plus innings today. You got up to eighty-two pitches in three innings. Not done. Not good. I have in my notes done after three innings pitched total on the day. Just pulling up his line here really quickly as we throw everything together at the last minute, as always. Six hits, seven runs, six earned, two walks, five Ks, two home runs allowed, both of them two-run shots in the first inning. Eighty-two pitches, forty-seven strikes. I think it's back to the drawing board with Joe Ross at this point. Uh, Insert your make him a reliever. He only has two pitches talk, which we've been saying since he debuted in the majors three years back. But I really didn't look good today. Even uh, the A's announcer, Mark Mulder, who didn't seem to know that this was a thing, was noting that his velo dropped as the uh, start went along. He was sitting 88-89 with his fastball, occasionally uh, goosing it up a bit there. But just overall didn't look sharp out there on the mound in his hometown nonetheless.
0: No, not a good outing for Ross tonight, and, and just, just let me say here, along the lines of A.L. Ball being so boring, oh my god, <laughs> I, actually, I actually ran out of beer halfway through the fourth inning, so tonight I am brought to you by Cokie Americano, Ameri- uh, Afertivo Bianco, that we bought because our fufu friends from San Francisco were visiting us this week, and I still had some of it left. <laughs> this, this was a tough game to watch, uh, and not, not least due to, to Joe Ross's very shaky outing there. Three innings, seven runs, letting both the walks score. At least there were only two, or who knows how many runs he could have given up in that little amount of time. Um, I, I can remember uh, emeritus commentator uh, Dave Nichols from uh, uh, Nats Nightly, making the comment when Ross first came up that his, his two-pitch mix less him and that maybe he profiled better long-term as a reliever, potentially even a high-leverage reliever. Because certainly, you know, and, and we've, we've come back to this any number of times in the last couple of seasons, he's very effective the first time or two through the order. Uh, not so much tonight, maybe, but certainly <laughs> he's, he's had outings where he's been effective early in the game even this season, uh, not tonight so much. But, uh, you know, when, when we were having this whole discussion of uh, Fetty being converted to a reliever, and if the uh, the choice is trade Fetty for a reliever or convert him to a reliever, I'm saying convert Fetty to a reliever. If the choice is convert Fetty to reliever or convert Ross to a reliever, we've been – Saying since 2013, profiles better as a reliever. Um, keep Feddes starter. Move Turner to the fifth uh, uh, fifth start spot, fifth rotation spot, uh, and and let Ross work it out. I mean, I know he hasn't relieved before, and it's it's not a video game. You can't just like move them from slot to slot like that. It's a change of approach. It's a change of, of how you get. Get warmed up. How you attack the hitters? Uh, at, at this point, he's going to be heading down to Triple A anyway to try and get his head right again or or fix whatever mechanical problem he has. If he's going down there anyway, get him relieving, and stretch Turner out and let him be our fifth starter at this point. Uh, because I, I, I honestly I, I do not want to watch another Joe Ross struggling to throw his 89-mile-an-hour fastball somewhere other than dead over the
1: center of the plate. Yeah, it was tough to watch at times. Luckily for the Nationals, Jacob Turner, as he mentioned, came on uh, three innings uh, scoreless relief. They got to him in the seventh inning, though. I know I wrote somewhere that it got to him in his third inning of work, which I'm searching around to find incorrect now, but I'll find at some point. I think I might have just written in my notes uh, bottom of the seventh inning, Chris Davis leads off with a single. Uh, looked like Joe Ross was fighting Joe. Is Dusty R- <laughs> Baker's, <laughs> as I interrupt myself, Dusty Baker's comments <laughs> post game look like looked like Joe was fighting Joe. But Jacob Turner got through three scoreless. Chris Davis singled to start the seventh. Yonder Alonzo, 16th home run of the year, two run blast. Ryan Healy follows with his 11th 10-4 uh, to four at that point. That's how it ended. Uh, Jacob Turner just really doing the yeoman's work out there continues to impress, and I, I tend to agree with you at this point. Uh, you might be better off with him in the rotation. I'm still shocked that he's only 25 years old as long as he's been around a, a year older than Ross, which is hard to believe just as long as I've been following Turner in the majors, but might be a better uh, option at this point to bring him up there. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't imagine they're going to throw Ross out there again without trying to fix something.
0: Yeah. And and as you mentioned it again, I, I've, you've told this to me in, in these, these discussions any number of times, but still every time you say it, I think, wait, what? Because he just strikes me as 30th journeyman who's never really gotten a shot <laughs> and maybe he's making something go of it now. No, he's still a youngish guy who's, showing some promise, maybe not as an upper-tier guy, but you, you don't have to to be a successful major leaguer. He's showing what it takes to be to be a, a, a useful contributor at the major league level, you know, drink or something, as he says. Um, and I, I think the Nats should take advantage of that. I mean, he's, he's kind of a find, kind of a steal at this point. And if Ross is really struggling, Turner is showing us a lot of good stuff. Uh, I mean, coming out of the bullpen as he is, you, you can't expect him to go five innings. I mean, he went, he went three very solid. Gave up, like, uh, I think two hits in his first three innings. Um, struggled a little bit in the fourth. Okay, he ends up giving three runs. Ross gave up, what, seven? Uh,
1: so seven,
0: six, Aaron. I, I, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Are we going to talk about catcher's interference later? because that's always good about that. Uh, So uh, I I think right now, Turner is showing us a lot more potential than Ross is. And I know Ross sort of is a guy who comes with more, more pedigree, more sort of sizzle. But at, at some point, you have to look at the results and say, all right, we have what we think about the the scouting and the potential, what the coaches have seen. But now we have what they've actually achieved and what they are continuing to achieve uh, during games that are actually counting for our score towards what, what happens in the postseason and at the end of the season. So let's, let's maybe start getting some more bias towards what that's telling us. And what's that telling us is that Turner is maybe going to be more valuable. And maybe he's the guy that you take out of the bullpen and you put him into the rotation you let him get stretched out, get on a regular schedule, and see what he can accomplish with that. Because right now, Ross is, I was going to say, at best inconsistent, but I think inconsistent might overstate what we're getting out of him at best right now.
1: And it puts a strain on the bullpen. Nationals are rolling, getting good starts, and you go out there and you're just in a hole early. That's no way to start a game. And they tried to battle back. He gave up a few more runs, and that's the kind of thing that just kills any momentum in a start Uh They did score a few runs, though. Three of them came on an Adam Lind home run, three-run home run on a 2-2 curve up in the zone. Uh, That's his fourth home run in 69 plate appearances this season, which is pretty impressive considering how little he's played and sparingly. But I'm of the opinion at this point if he just loses the goatee, then that might really have something with him.
0: Yeah, his goatee enrages me only slightly less Mengzun's extraordinarily twee Van Dyke there with like the the W.B. Mason waxed mustache. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, it, it wasn't all that effective. You know, he got through four and two thirds. Uh, he, he did sell several reams of high quality white printer paper and uh, and, and some <laughs> office chairs. So I, I guess you can't say it was a total write-off. Wow. Wow. Uh, Sorry, wait, what were we talking about here? Oh, Lynn, yeah. Um not not the most confident looking outfielder. Uh I I remember one play in particular, I, I can't remember what inning now because I feel like this game has gone on for like ten years. It was so long, slow and boring. But uh there there was sort of a, a pop fly hit out to right center and he he's sort of coming in on it looking kind of shaker shaky. And you can just tell Michael A. Taylor's like, just just wave off. Wave off, Maverick. I'm on this. Stand back. I got it. And he just sort of zoomed in there and, and, and caught it out in front of him. Um, I understand getting his bat in the lineup uh, because he, he certainly has a decent strike zone knowledge and made a lot of good contact, and we saw that tonight. Uh, it, it seems like uh, that he, he, he's a guy who could be a major league starter. Uh, with Ryan Zimmerman's very welcome and totally unexpected resurgence this year with the bat, uh, that, that's not going to be on the Nats. But, you know, throwing him out there in wacky places like left field just to get him in there so we can do things like hit a three-run bomb, a towering three-run bomb on that pitch swept up. Oh, my God, that, that high meatball, and he just swatted that thing into the next galaxy. That was, that was a beautiful hit to see. I, I almost forgot that that was still in this game. It happened so long ago. Uh, but good, good, good for Lind, regrettable facial hair. But I, I, I still think he should just embrace it and, like, grow out like, like a big mullet, kind of like Rendon had in the middle of last season. And I, I think it would, just, it would play off that
1: nicely. You know, you're going for a look, embrace it. I'll just note that the eighth starter, Daniel Mengen, my game notes on him were wide stance, Raleigh fingers, wannabe mustache, four and two thirds, six <laughs> hits, four runs. That's all I got. <laughs> uh, Daniel Murphy, another big game, a three hit game. Unfortunately, the game ended with uh, Jason Worth taking a fastball, uh, foul ball off the foot. Uh, Jason uh, Daniel Murphy then got hit in the knee and the next at bat. So that's not good. Uh, I will just note here, as I'm seeing stuff come across the Twitters, Joe Ross quoted by uh, Mark Zuckerman at Masson. It's on me. I didn't really give us a good chance to win. Seven runs in the first three innings, probably not going to do it. You can remove the probably from that statement, Joe, get get better. Uh, Daniel Murphy, though. Seven hits in the last two games, four last night, three more today. Uh, Dusty Baker was asked after last night's game if Murphy has a slump-proof swing, which is quite possibly the jinxiest thing I've ever heard. And I wish he had knocked on wood <laughs> after they said it. But, but but he says he has an idea. It starts with an idea, and an idea turns into a reality, which I love when Dusty Baker gets all hippie on us. Uh, He uses the whole field. I think that's the key, and he's good against left and right and thinks he can hit, and that's the other part of it. You have to be very confident in your ability, but he's very humble about it at the same time. Uh, He also says that uh, players uh, are in their prime spiritually, psychologically, and physically until they're about 30, 31, 32, and then the next five to six years, as long as he stays healthy, should be his tip-top years. Murphy's on a run like that. Uh, he's only under contract through 2018 with the Nationals, so they might have to re-up him if he keeps hitting like this. But really impressive in the last two nights and all, well, since he signed with the Nationals essentially for a year and a third now. So no, I, I I love to talk about Murphy and what a
0: complete hitter he is. He is thoughtful, analytical, confident, and and supremely skilled. I mean, he's 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 got all the tools to be a good hitter. Uh, the vision, the hand speed, the reflexes. But he's extremely thoughtful, and he goes back and he looks at what works, what doesn't work. How are they going to pitch me? How am I going to respond to that? What are my strengths? How do I play to my strengths? Uh, how do I minimize, you know, the uh, my my own weaknesses? How do I mitigate the pitcher's strengths? He's he's. Uh, but I, I, I'm pretty sure he, he comments on fan graphs. Um, <laughs> this, this is a guy who is, is, is a, not just a student of the game. He's a student of his own game and dedicated to continuing to learn about it and coming at it with both confidence and humility in, in such a way that means he's sort of always learning, always building, always executing. Uh, and it's just – it's it's wonderful to see, especially – since he's sort of made the big break for the Roos, discovered what's wor- what works for him, and the Nats got him right after he did that. Um, I'd like to remind everyone again, I was against this signing.
1: <laughs>
0: Take that for what you will. Uh, and, and I will also note that I caught a little bit of the postgame, and Ray was positive that they threw at him. They yeah. hit too well against him in the last couple of games, so they went after
1: his knees. Mm-hmm. I hope that isn't the case. Uh, I don't know if I buy that. Uh, you would hope that they're not that. <laughs> uh, I stopped myself from saying what I was about to say. There, but <laughs> Speaking of people speaking of people hitting people, uh, you were a busy man the last couple of weeks here, but I have to get your take on the whole Bryce Harper, Hunter Strickland incident. Three years of built-up rage finally came out in a 98-mile-an-hour fastball to the hip. Harper charges the mound, of course, gets a three-game suspension, originally four. They got it reduced to three games, though he's back tomorrow after sitting out the last three. Uh, didn't get your take on it, and with about a minute left here, I just wondered what you had to say, and I'm going to give you some background music for your rant on this. <laughs> uh, well, I, I just got to say that that one going after Harper like that,
0: it, there is no doubt in my mind it was intentional, and that was the bushiest of Bush leagues come on, dude. It was three years ago, and and how can you even throw that pitch at him past your, your ginormous World Series ring, which, as Harper correctly pointed out, you should just be thinking about how you're wearing that home every night. Okay? Uh, I, I don't blame Harper at all for going after him, because that was completely and utterly unwarranted. After this much time has passed, and after you end up winning the series uh, at, after that winning the World Series after that playoff series that you won. Uh, that, winning is the best revenge, right? So if you win the game where the guy showed you up and all the showing up was really that he hit a home run off of your meatball that you couldn't actually hit a corner with. So that's kind of on YouTube, <laughs> pitch better. Um, no, to- total bush. Uh, my, my favorite part of that is, is Buster Posey standing back there like, peace out. I am not a part of this.
1: I am not participating. <laughs> Concussions. You guys have fun. I wish you just pointed to his head and said, "Concussion." sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Nats are 34-20 and 20 after the win. Tanner Roark versus Sunny Gray tomorrow. Nats Nightly, sponsored to you by these drummers and FederalBaseball.com. Good to talk to you again, sir. And maybe we'll talk tomorrow after the game, see what the Nats are able to do. But there's a lot of good TV on tomorrow night, so I don't know. Twin Peaks, the Leftovers finale. <laughs> might, not, might not have time for this unless it's a really good game. Talk to you then.
0: Yeah. Go Nats. Uh,
1: oh, drum solo, hold on.